<laughs> hey, what is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to FSP, the first episode of FSP in the year 2022. I want to thank everybody in the chat for being here. And anybody listening after the fact on either on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more, I appreciate you guys as well. This year is getting kicked off strong with some uh, huge news already in, in the gaming space. It usually happens. It seems like there's a, a bit of a lull for the holidays, and all of a sudden, something big happens right early January, and that's no different this year as well. Um, and But first, as always, I'm joined by... Two amazing people here. Uh, back with his new setup now. Back, you got a new PC, you got a new rig, you're in a different part of the house. All that stuff is uh, key. What's up, Key? Yo, what's going on, you guys? I am very excited to to be back. Like, man, December has been crazy for me, but I just miss talking games, playing games, watching trailers, reading about it. Overall, I just miss video games and being on here and be able to talk to you guys about it. So I am excited for tonight. I'm excited. What's good, chat? How y'all doing? <laughs> Dude, I'm glad you're here. I, in the meantime, I, th- I think I saw you on one of Boom shows as well. You made an appearance on one of Boom shows, or uh, is that Fuzzy? Uh, fuzzy? Oh, no, that was Fuzzy. Yeah, Fuzzy. fuzzy. Yeah, Fuzzy. <laughs> Fuzzy's now like, yeah, that's right. Fuzzy He's is, a member. I became an <laughs> official panel member of which, yeah. which one was it? Um Breakfast with Boom Breakfast on uh, Boom. Friday mornings. Nice. Yeah. So congrats on that as well, Fuzzy. And, <laughs> and what's how's it going with you, sir? Oh, it's been amazing. This this holiday was awesome. Spend time with the family. Boys uh, got their their holiday gifts and were happy with those and stuff. And man, just some uh, some good games to to play and some awesome news to start off the year. We are not we're not even the first full weekend, and it's like craziness already. <laughs> yeah, dude absolutely uh huge news as you said so we got lots to talk about i mean but i want to like i want to approach this conversation from a little bit of a different angle because we've been talking a lot about about this and ubisoft plus was for those been living under a rock they just announced ubisoft plus is coming to xbox they didn't give any details they just said it's coming to xbox in the future um, along with that announcement, Rainbow Six Extraction is coming to, to uh, Game Pass in day one. Uh, but they did say that Ubisoft Plus was going to be a separate service from Game Pass. So uh, over the last two days on some of our shows, we've been kind of dis- discussing, like, what would you pay for Game Pass Plus, Ubisoft Plus? Or do you think there needs to be a bundle? All this kind of stuff. Do you think there needs to be discounts? And all these things. And... I think everybody that I've talked to is in agreement that there needs to be some kind of a discount because I don't see foresee people just starting piling on $15 subscription services on top of one another, especially ones that are just have one publisher's games, right? Um, so we'll get this out of the way real quick because I just want to know like what, and then we'll move on to what I really want to talk about with this. But I'm going to ask first what would you pay for ubisoft plus on xbox because i already know you're a game pass ultimate subscriber right right so that's 15 bucks now ubisoft plus gives you the fat cat plus it gives you 
all of the DLC and the new Ubisoft games day one. Would you pay full price for that, or do you would like what's the what's your max amount for both? Um, honestly, I'm kind of torn in between the two. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> and here's why because I feel like Ubisoft has definitely gone downhill with a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, especially with their games. Um, so it's like Ubisoft today versus Ubisoft three, four years ago, maybe five years ago, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of different to me now. So that's why I'm kind of torn between the two. I want my paying the $15 a month for it, but at the same time right now, I feel like it would be a waste. Right. So I guess comfortably, um, probably no more than $10, probably no more than 10. And even today, that's still, so you'd be paying 25 for game pass ultimate plus Ubisoft plus. At that right. Point. I, I think, I think that's the sweet part because you still get your Xbox, um, mm-hmm. Xbox live. You still have game pass. And now you have this other category Ubisoft games. So I think a 20, $25 mark would be the sweet spot, but I did make a tweet and said, they should have came out with this when the PS5 and the Xbox series dropped day one. Because if you think about it, they came out with um oh, what's that game? The, the Phoenix game. Actually, I think Immortals Phoenix it. Rising, yeah. It's a good. That, game. So they played out that people wanted to play, you know, that whole year you came out with Assassin's Creed. That was more so of the leading game for next gen yeah. Assassin's Creed. That's all you've seen. So that would have made a big splash. And they had Watch Dogs Legion as well. We had Watch Dogs Legion, then of course Jizz Dance and so forth and so forth. So it's like they came out at launch strong, which they usually do. Last year we got Far Cry Six. Yep. Far Cry Six. Um I'm trying to think of what else hit last year. Is 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 Rider Republic? Is that part of Riders Republic? Yep. Yep. Riders Republic. So you see what I'm saying? So they would have came out the gate with this day one with the series. Man, that would have been awesome. Like people would have been jumping all over, especially for Assassin's Creed. But like I said, people yeah. wanted to play Assassin's Creed more than anything, just to see how to to show off the graphics. But today, where I know that there's not much coming out, um, because I'm buying Splinter Cell, so yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm flat out buying Splinter Cell. It ain't got to be on the <laughs> service. I'm buying it, <laughs> you know. But just today looking at paying $15 for this service and I already own all the games just about, and there's nothing coming out right now. I think it'll be a waste to me. Right. Yeah. Fair enough, dude. What about you fuzzy? Like what's your dollar amount that you would pay? Because I, I don't expect a lot of Xbox gamers are going to ditch their game pass ultimate subscription to subscribe to Ubisoft plus. Right. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> as much as I'm a fan of uh, Ubisoft stuff, I, I couldn't drop my my Game Pass Ultimate subscription, so it, it if it was a five dollar add on, I'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to have all the DLC. If it has the day and date stuff, that would be awesome. If it's a, some of the back catalog, or if it's just the back catalog, kind of like the way EA does, and then you get like a game trial for the new stuff, I, I would definitely be fine with a five dollar bump on on my game pass ultimate subscription but the the big drawback i kind of run into now having two young boys that are uh into also the same type of games from ubisoft and everything it just 
I need a family plan like yeah. yesterday type of deal at this point. I'm um, with you, bro, because that I mean it gets up there like um with our situation yeah. the kind of how we play like we have to pay for multiple accounts you know yeah and so. it's, it's the same here because uh you can game share with one but then that doesn't include pc if that you have more than two xboxes X-Files. and you have more than two people you know yeah. you know then it's all null and void right exactly so, and it i i would say a five dollar bump max ten dollar bump but it better have the day ones at that point considering i usually buy a lot of those day one like division i'm I'm buying it although they've been kind of ignoring that ip um ghost recon's kind of taking a step back a bit with breakpoint but it, it's one of those that's always on my buy list at least at worst if it's on sale if not day one um and then you have things like uh, uh, Watch Dogs, which is always a day one, Far Cry, which is always a day one. So the subscription service is definitely appealing. But I, as somebody that's cut the cord for cable decades ago, <laughs> I really don't want to have like a ton of subscriptions. Like right now, the household, it's just, well, as far as what I cover, it's Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. Because my wife likes a lot of the old zombie movies. She has the Amazon Prime set up um but i don't really want to go beyond that like disney is kind of like that one where it's like all right i'll do disney but we need to drop hulu at that point the deal and it's not that it's it's like that big of a pricing difference it's just i'm i'm that guy that used to have all the cable channels and only watched like 15 channels i'm i'm not i'm not doing that anymore just so much money wasted all those decades before it's like yeah, we, we need to kind of narrow things down. But um, Well, that's yeah. what we're in right now is the era of consolidation of, of these services and everything, right? Like, you're starting to get bundle yeah. deals, even like, um, okay, get Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN all in one package, right? Like, uh, those kind of mm-hmm. deals, right? And yeah. I think with gaming, and this is what I kind of where I wanted to take this conversation, right? Because I think it's pretty much been decided at this point subscriptions is the future of gaming right of yeah. course yeah it, it's it is you know you got ea did it you know xbox xbox actually kind of started it with xbox live right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. then you had uh, playstation dive in then nintendo dove in so then you got those three base platform holders all have subscription services now then you have apple diving in with apple arcade you have google diving in with their Google Play subscriptions. Then you got the big players of the publishers um, for gaming going in it, like with Xbox with Game Pass, going in and getting a lot of third-party deals to fill that as well. Uh, So they're doing it differently than most others where they're acquiring rights to games to be in their service from third-party publishers. Then you also have the third-party publishers that are doing their own big thing with um, uh, EA, it has yeah. two versions. They have the EA Play that's bundled into Game Pass, plus it's also available uh, for, I think, a $5, $6, something like that. Then you have the EA Play Plus, or whatever it's called, where you have day one games. You have Ubisoft Plus, where you get day one games. And this mm-hmm. is going to continue. Um, I foresee other publishers either getting together or making deals to be part of services. So that's where I want to take this, because this... Ubisoft Plus is the first third 
third-party publisher to put their games day one on a platform other than PC. Yep. Right? So you're yeah. getting into that dedicated console space. This is going to set some kind of precedent here, right? Is, is it successful? How does Xbox manage it? There's going to be, uh, how do they bundle it in? What is the future of this, and how, how is it going to be bundled? Because we can't sit here and expect to pay, okay, we're going to pay $15 for the Game Pass Ultimate, then we're going to pay $15 for Square Enix, and we're going to pay $15 for Activision, then we're going to pay $15 for Ubisoft, then we're going to pay $15 for EA, then we're going to pay $15 for... You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, the, but... overall, this is, this is the future. They're going to have to figure out some models here, and this is where, yeah. the era that we're in right now. Is is kind of getting this all kickstarted. So where where do you see it going, Keith? You know what? It's kind of scary because I guess if it really comes down to it, technically they can do it like that, where you could pay different like full price subscriptions to each one of these. I mean, they do it anyway. I mean, how many people have an Xbox and PlayStation and they're watching Hulu on there? They pay $14, $15 a month. Uh Disney. They pay $14, 15 It's just the yeah. app that you could get it on your device, but the mm-hmm. subscription you still get. So it's very possible they can, it would suck, <laughs> yeah. you know, if they do it like that. But they can. And I mean, me and my wife, we just literally sat down an hour ago. And because my my middle son, he wanted um, Paramount. And, you know, my wife like, all right, well, there's some things I want to see on there too. So we'll check out the free trial and we like it, we'll keep it. But me and her, we sat down and, you know, she's like signing up for Paramount with that. We like, man, we literally have just about every freaking streaming service. We have the Netflix, you know, we have Hulu, we have um, Disney Plus, we have now Paramount, you know, it's like we got five or six of these and um, still paying over $200 a month for for cable and internet. So <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. But I think this is just the way it's going. Like, this is where it's going, even to gaming. Like, some people might not want, which I don't get why, but some people might not don't want um, Game Pass, but they want Ubisoft because they're a hardcore Ubisoft uh, fan. Or maybe eventually EA will, you know, see, keep an eye on Ubisoft and how they're doing in sales. And maybe EA want to start dropping Madden day one, FIFA made day one. And like, just take it to the next level. So I, I do see what they're trying to do, which is, of course, getting games out there to more players, which is us, because a lot of mm-hmm. people don't want to be on the PC day one or we buying games day one on a console when people on PC pay $15 a month, get it day one. So it, it's getting games out there more than what people think. I do think that it's a good thing. I just hope they don't get to the point where, like you said, now Activision gets something dropping, you know, get all the Call I mean, of Duties or about whatever. All the or, you know uh, what yeah, mean? just, you know, Square Enix, you know. 2K. <laughs> so like, 2K now. And that's that's the scary part right there, where everybody now come out with their own service, but you still got to pay separate prices for these. Yeah. Because, again, that goes back to what I said. Disney doing it, Hulu doing it, you know, you just using this platform, which is Xbox or PlayStation, to get the service off of. But 
it's, it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. Because again, how many people, let's say, um, let's go off of Battlefield. Let's use Battlefield as an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many people would have been good, you know, paying EA or whoever? I guess it would have to be through EA to get Battlefield, right? Yeah. Um, so imagine people would have just paid $10 a month, get Battlefield day one. They didn't like it. They just delete it and be done with it versus people that pay 70, 80, $90. Right. You know, and which is like, an option on PC right now because they have that option for, for EA. Correct. And, right? and that's, yep. And that's the thing right there. More people would have picked up Battlefield and played it. And, you know, it would have gotten more players' hands versus people like, well, I'll wait for reviews or I don't like the way it look or whatever. Versus mm-hmm. if it's already part of your subscription, they like, it's there. Why not? So, I think it's a good thing. I'm just scared to how they're going to take this. <laughs> I just hope, I just hope, I hope, I hope it don't get out of control. It's like, that's yeah. one thing like fuzzy. Do you think we'll see like, okay, on PlayStation, you're going to have square Enix pass on PlayStation. You're going to have, um, Sega pass or whatever. And then on yeah. Xbox, you got Ubisoft and EA, you know what I mean? Do you think they could end up making deals in that kind of way as well? Or because for I, me, I, I don't, I don't know if that makes the most sense, but I can see I, it happening. I, I can see it happening as well, and that's that's kind of the scary part. It's like, how do they work well together? Because everybody at some point is going to want their own piece of the pie, and mm-hmm. if they see that EA is successful in Game Pass and Ubisoft is successful by itself, then a lot more of them are going to step up and say, hey we could do that same thing we could have another revenue stream and not realizing if it may cannibalize other sales or if it may cannibalize you know just the the i guess the user base for the that game but kind of like what key was saying if if it's in the subscription people are going to be willing to try it but man if they start drawing lines where okay the square enix pass is only on playstation and ubisoft plus is only on xbox and sega pass is only on nintendo yeah. or something like that it's like yeah I, I i think that would make the current situation even worse <laughs> in comparison where it's like well, I like some sega games and i like some square enix games and i like some ubisoft games but i don't want to buy all three systems just to get access to those particular ones so then it's like okay well sega only releases one or two games a year that i like so i i'm fine with buying those you know solo outside of a subscription and then square enix well i play a lot of you know final fantasy 14 online you know with that i get perks so it might be better to get that as a subscription and then the only other square enix game that is over here on like xbox or nintendo is octopath so it's like yeah it you'd almost need like a, a, a diagram or some sort of decipher chart or something like that at that point to kind of figure out where they're all aligned. Yeah. But it, as long as, like if PlayStation takes a page from Xbox's book where let's say Spartacus allows you to roll in EA Play or Ubisoft Plus, and eventually let's say Ubisoft Plus becomes like an add-on to Game Pass, Honestly, I think that's the better way. Sure, yeah. those companies are going to probably take a smaller chunk, but somebody like me, instead of paying $15 for each one of these subscriptions, 
is looking at paying the extra $5 as an add-on, I'm more willing to buy $20 in cosmetics, or I'm more willing to buy the $40 season pass or something along those lines. So there's always on the back end that you could still make money off of the, the subscribers or monetize those, those numbers based on, okay, well, if they're not buying the game full out or you know paying the recurring subscription, they're doing it as an add-on and they're kind of sharing the, the, the money with Microsoft or, or Sony mm-hmm. or whatever, then at that point, I have more money in my pocket, which, yeah, it'd probably be better logically to just put that in the bank or investor or something like that. But as, as gamers, we're going to be like, you know what? That $10 skin isn't as bad as it was when mm-hmm. I was spending $80 for the deluxe version of the game and then still had to spend the $10 to get mm-hmm. that skin. So yep. I, I think there's some benefits to it, but man, they, they really have to come to some sort of an agreement or maybe Microsoft themselves or PlayStation themselves has to sit some of these publishers down and be like, Hey, you can try it on your own, but you know, the statistics show that when it's rolled in like EA play, Hey, more people are buying, you know, their, their starter cards or starter packs or, or, you know, additional skins, or they're doing like in-game money or currency for clothing items and things like that. And I'm kind of honestly a little surprised that we didn't see EA, the full suite of EA play come to Xbox before Ubisoft plus, because right now it's just the back cat, the vault, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which still gets updated and is part of Game Pass Ultimate, but part of the, maybe there's a reason why. Maybe eventually we will see multiple publishers have their offerings on Xbox like this, and then you create another tier that encompasses all of those. But you know what? Do you guys think? And it, it's hard to say this about PlayStation. Um, because they don't have this problem as much as Xbox. But do you guys think that they would see a bump up in Xbox Live versus the Ultimate package? Because you would still have to pay Xbox to play online with these games. But again, a lot of people don't want the the Ultimate Edition because they don't care about Game Pass. Right. So it's like once you you will somehow see a bump up in that, correct? Like PlayStation, I don't think like I know it's a whole thing about Fortnite. You can play Fortnite free on PlayStation, but <laughs> you still gotta buy a subscription on you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like do do you guys think something like that will probably be an issue also? I can hmm. kind of see Microsoft and hopefully not in the same vein that they tried before where they raised the price to kind of force people into game pass ultimate, but yeah. I can, I can definitely see them, you know, trying that again, maybe not as steep of an increase where it's like a hundred dollar or $80 increase annually, but I could see them saying, okay, well, if Xbox live was normally $60 a year retail, you could you know, pick it up for 45 on, on like discount around the holidays and stuff. But let's say it was 60 normally, we might see it bump up to 75 and then have it where it's like a steady creeping up, not necessarily every year, but maybe every other year where it kind of nudges people towards game pass. It's like, you know, with this increase on live for $5 more a month, you could have access to all these games. And that I think would be the better approach as opposed to that shock value approach that they pulled last time mm-hmm. where live like doubled in price type of deal. But um, yeah, it, it, 
it has that potential. I, I, I try not to think about these companies, you know, having these devious plans on the back end <laughs> saying, yeah, this is the way we'll get more subscribers. And, you know, there, there's always some bean counter at, at one of the companies that's like, yeah, if we, if we do it this way, we'll, we'll increase revenue and we'll all get bonuses. Right. <laughs> and that, right. The guy that, that might have that, that vote to say that, oh yeah, let's go ahead and do this. And then, you know, Microsoft has to do a 180 and retract it on, mm-hmm. on social media the following day or something type of deal. Yeah. I, I think, man, like, so will it potentially raise Xbox Live subscribers that aren't interested in Game Pass, basically? Right. I think it could. But, like, here's the thing. It's like, I just... I I don't under, know how successful Ubisoft Plus is already on PC. I I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine the numbers are like that crazy. You know, I I'm actually curious if they're public. I, I would like to know, like, how many Ubisoft Plus subscribers are there on PC? Is it like a one million, two million, three million, maybe three million or so? I'm I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause it is interesting because. I mean, even to like not too long ago, even Steam, you know, made a statement saying they seen a huge increase in PC gaming through them, through they service yeah. now. So it's like, I don't, I don't think Ubisoft is nowhere near Steam, but they got to have something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious how much, like at any, anytime you're only focused on your own first party content, it's just going to limit the amount of potential you have. Now you're going to have people like I'm, I would have probably subscribed before Far Cry came out. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, okay, 60 bucks or pay 15. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. then play Far Cry. But then afterwards, there's like a long wait for Ubisoft games and I already own all the old ones. So at that point, I'm just like, I'm not going to pay $15 a month for nothing. I'm already, you know, especially if you already beat the game. Right. Right. So at that point, it's like that's where the service kind of fails from these like first party offerings. And I feel like they need to be part of something bigger. Yeah. In order to really have any impact or growth, because you're not going to have, I don't know many people that are going to pay $15 a month just for Ubisoft games. Now, the EA thing, when it first hit Xbox, it was only like $3 a month. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it was like thirty. It's like thirty dollars available right now. I think for a year, okay. But with that, you get the ten percent discounts. You get the vault, yep. and you had the ten day trials. So based on the fact that I I knew I was making my money back, and so it was a no brainer because it made sense value wise. Right. Whenever mm-hmm. I sign up for any of these subscriptions, it's either like, am I getting something that I could not get otherwise? Hence, like Disney Plus, HBO Max stuff like that exclusive content right stuff that i'm interested in or is it saving me money and game pass saves me money right and it also gives me stuff that i like a chance to try things i never would have before that's the thing about the the ubisoft thing and, and these other uh ones that we will probably see in the future and like the EA one that's 15 bucks, whatever, however much it costs. It's like, is it really saving me money? 
because I may have not bought all of those Ubisoft games or really been interested in yeah. some of them, only at one or two of them, right? And fifteen dollars a month, what does that equate to? That's uh, hundred eighty dollars a year, mm. roughly, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. At that point, but I'm potentially, like, <laughs> but potentially, you could be saving it because for the next twelve months, what Ubisoft game is coming out? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I I would be more inclined to use it for a couple months, or like, if you're on the fence about a game, subscribe to it, play it, and then later buy the games when they get cheaper because, like, they're also they get Ubisoft games get discounted pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. you know so i don't know man i just kind of like i feel like the service as a whole it's cool that it's coming but and and this isn't only for ubisoft this is for any of these third-party publishers that only focus on their own content they got to be a part of something bigger right so you either got to have a discount that allows you to bundle it on add-on like cable providers have always had like where you add, add on this content, add on this content, add on this content, or like they're doing now with Disney Plus and ESPN and Hulu and on all these things offer one package, right? Um, otherwise, I don't really see the growth too much of a growth potential for Ubisoft Plus. Yeah, and and that goes for EA if they ever do it. That goes for Take Two. That goes for all of these, mm-hmm. um, unless they dramatically dramatically increase their output of games. Because you look at what Game Pass Ultimate offers for 15 bucks a month. You look at what Ubisoft Plus offers for 15 bucks a month. (laughs) There is no comparison there. And that that goes back that goes back to what I was saying. Like they dropped the ball big time because they would have did this last year. Oh baby. Everybody would have been jumping on it. Yeah, everybody would have been jumping on it, but y'all coming out now, and it's like, what? What do y'all have coming out? And y'all have so many potential games. You know, we just got the announcement of, of um, Splinter Cell. You know, uh, Prince of Persian out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, but it's out there somewhere. You know, maybe we'll see that one day. Um, whenever they fix whatever issue they was having. You know, then this whole Assassin Creed thing, like it's just, it's just so many. They have so many strong names, and 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 people love the old Ubisoft. This new Ubisoft, I think they kind of losing people, but people love the old Ubisoft, and yeah. I just feel like, you know, hey, y'all would have just dropped this day one with the Series X or the PS Five. People would have been all over Assassin's Creed, you know, Immortal, um, Just Dance. Every year, Just Dance drop. People love Just Dance, you know. Somehow, some way, Just Dance always find their way at E3 or some type of press conference. So people love they Just Dance, you know. It's like, y'all dropped the ball. And, you know, they drop this service tomorrow. And, like, it's available. X amount of dollars. It could be $10. I said $10 is my comfortable mark, but it could be $10. If they drop it tomorrow, I still probably wouldn't get it right now because yeah. all the games y'all have, I already bought. I already yeah. have it. Yeah, that's my same problem too. Like I got <laughs> you know? Far Cry, I got this, I got yeah. that, and then, you know, so like, it's like it's it's like I'm handing y'all money for what? Like I'm not getting nothing in return until 
you know, I see the homie Elite said something like, you know, they might announce something at E3, you know, or, you know, Summerfest or whatever. And it's like, they might, well, not might, they will, but when is it coming out is the problem. So do I start this subscription in February paying $10, $12, $15 a month to get a game that's coming out in yeah. September, October? You know, so that's that's the problem right there. That's the problem I'm having with this right now. Yeah, I think we're spoiled by how much Game Pass gives us. Also, you yeah. know, like if you look at dollars for value, like you can make a sense. Okay, it's like it about evens out with something like Ubisoft, but like Game Pass is like so in our favor. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, every month, every month, not every month at this point, damn near every week you're hearing something about Game Pass, honestly. Yeah, including Ubisoft, yeah. Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah, it's coming day, day one, right? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, For Honor's been in there. The Division's been in there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think this is going to mean closer ties between Ubisoft and Xbox, obviously. They got to have, like, they have like a shared goal here, right? They mm-hmm. want to push the subscription model. They want it to be successful for their games. And that's one of the reasons, like Ubisoft said, they're putting that on, on Xbox and Game Pass, Rainbow Six Extraction, because they believe in the subscription model and they want to show that, right? Like, So it's it's interesting to see where this is going. I, regardless of what any of us um, ha- have ideas for, the one thing we can all agree on 100% is that subscription models is the future. Absolutely. Um, and PlayStation knows it. Nintendo's even doing it with their back cat now, right? Um, yeah. And which is that's a horrible value. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, that's like get them, get them. <laughs> that's like the worst. Like, hey, how much is it again? It's like is it fifteen a bucks year a month or something? Or, uh, I, I think it is fifteen. I think it is. There's a 60 for the year. I don't know. I don't freaking know. I don't. <laughs> I think it was like 60 or 80 for the year. Okay. Like, so if you regardless, do monthly, man, you're just so making bad. people pay for like the the back compat like that. Like I I don't know, man. Like a lot of those games we I we had bought on the virtual console on Wii. You know what I mean? Like, and we don't have access to it anymore unless you go back and get a Wii again. Like I I don't know, man. That's the way. Nintendo, they're 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 embracing the subscription model as well. They're testing it out, so we'll see some stuff there too in the future. I, I can guarantee you that. Nintendo is eighty for the year, eighty for the year. So that's what like for is that Jeez. that includes the uh, that includes Something. the uh, sixty four games and stuff and the Genesis games. And I don't know. I was, I was looking at the chat. See now, I'm curious because. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I think it, it does include the Genesis and their uh, Nintendo 64, as well as I think you get like uh, um, Animal Crossing Seasons or whatever that that last DLC I think might be included in that 80. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like yeah, paying monthly to play Nintendo 64 games is just fucking crazy to me. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I could foresee. You know, new Nintendo games paying, you know, like, let's see that. Like, they do it with, like, I guess, you know, like, the Tetris 99 and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, like, I don't know. What about putting their 
big games. You know, they don't have enough big releases every year to even make that worth it anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, what do they got? Two games come out? That's like a huge yeah, Nintendo first party like two, game? Yeah, two a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I mean, at There's launch, no, no. they, they usually <laughs> have a good bit more, but it's like they, <laughs> they no average answer. out to about two. I, I think we all are struggling to answer that one. There's I no apologize. answer, man. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're, they're going to be the one that's just uh, the outcast and the outlier and just does things their own way for forever, and, the, and people just eat it up, and that's fine. You know, I, I think yeah. that uh, there's definitely... a good things for that like you know it's keeping physical media alive right people are buying cartridges for their switches a lot the switches are selling a lot it's keeping the handhold held market like really strong and stuff yeah. like that and they're coming out with some good looking games metroid dread was uh, a really great game last year yeah that was um, the big one last year yeah. um so we'll see i'm excited for project triangle this year like um yeah I, i'm I'm curious what their next thing is going to be. That's going to be the big, I can't wait till we can have a show where we get to discuss what's next for Nintendo because eventually it's got to happen. Yeah. Like something there, eventually it will like, they can't just sell the Nintendo switch for 10 years. Maybe they can. Uh, they can. <laughs> and they would come They'll on. Try. Look, look, we, we are gamers. So we read the news. We try and keep up with it. Everybody's seeing how much the Nintendo Switch have sold. That was crazy. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's mind-blowing because... But is it mind-blowing get... when you compare it to like 3DS numbers and stuff like that? And Game and, Boy, you know? Right. It's not right. at that point. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's Nintendo is in, you know, and no shade. No shade against my Nintendo lovers out there. Let me put that out there. Yeah. You know, no, no shade against you guys, you know, because at the end of the day, still video games and we all love video games. You know, we, we always talk about that. Like we want to see Nintendo just do better. And, you know, maybe because we not to the handheld world like that, you know, but yes. with that being said, Nintendo need to do something. Mar Mario Kart nine is not going to carry nintendo for well maybe they will carry them for a year or so no, no, they got who knows? the rest of the wild two coming <laughs> zelda yep zelda that's another game people hoping to 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 get this year which chances are might not be this year because it's supposed to be last year and it's like you know we just want nintendo to do good but yeah. overall i don't think nintendo need to do any type of streaming deals at this moment like no no service deals i don't want to see a ubisoft on nintendo i don't want to see game pass on <laughs> nintendo nintendo need to focus on nintendo <laughs> that's that's just me nintendo need to focus on nintendo you know because nintendo have all the games they they have the resource they they have they, the, they got the, a lot the, of money they got they got a ton of money they're making on those switches yeah. you know you like, know the amount of money for, especially from in-house you know it's like come on now nintendo get, come on now oh <laughs> I, I will always stand by this if nintendo really gets serious and really want to compete with xbox and playstation get really serious i feel like xbox and playstation will be in trouble because nintendo just have that much you know that backlog alone is amazing well they got that you know? family name too right like and that that's it the, yeah. the name alone yeah you know the 
I'm not talking about how much PlayStation have done, Xbox have done. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the Wii. It, you know, I know the Wii changed the, the game a little bit. I'm not talking about the Wii. I'm just talking about the Nintendo brand itself. And mm-hmm. Nintendo just decided to get serious and drop like a real hardcore console. It could be portable. They have the resource. They can make it portable, you know, but just the console itself, man, I'm telling y'all, Xbox and PlayStation will be in trouble. This I think the real. next Switch is going to push things, right? The next, whatever, to, whatever it is, because I, I think they're, they've they caught on to something with themselves that, you know, this hybrid handheld slash console thing is extremely successful. So I think that's going to be the direction they continue to go. The question is, well, how will they market it? Will they market it well so people understand it's different? But that's how they failed with the Wii U, right? Right. Because the Wii was extremely successful. The Wii U, mm-hmm. people, a lot of people didn't understand that it was even a new console. Uh, uh, the casual people, like uh, people that were into gaming news and, and all this stuff, we knew what it was. But like uh, a family that's just walking through the store, it didn't catch on. The, the, the name wasn't different enough. Like So it, unless they name it Switch 2 right or mm-hmm. they name it like something completely different i don't know like it, they need to make sure they market it properly but i do think it's going to be a huge a huge step forward when they do do it and maybe that's why we didn't get it this year with the chip shortages and all that kind of stuff right um, yeah maybe um but hey fuzzy do you foresee a future where nintendo has a subscription for their games. I, I, I do, but it's it's going to depend on this weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to depend on this weird prediction that I'm 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 having with Nintendo's next device being a virtual or a VR headset kind of thing. Yeah, as, as crazy as it may sound, I just I get this gut they feeling. They tried it before, fuzzy. Yeah, and and I think now the technology is there, and the wherewithal and the programming is there, and I could totally see them being that that uh, mainstream go to headset as far as for gaming. Like PlayStation dipped their toe in it, and they they did really well for what they put out there. Uh, but I can see Nintendo being the breakout. Like they they just have a a, a knack for you know, cornering a market when people weren't even expecting it type of thing. Yeah. So I could see them, you know, the, the next switch just being like a, a VR switch or, or VR, whatever they want to call it. Just not a Game Boy VR. What if they like name the, it the Wii VR? One. Yeah, Wii VR. Jesus, no. <laughs> and, oh, and my goodness. It, it, it would probably <laughs> sell like gangbusters. If, they, they'll, if they'll have they, a, the, a the Wii is cool back, if they, if they just like had one... Uh, commercial that just broadcast during the Super Bowl or something, and it's just mm-hmm. like uh, one of their CEOs step in front and just said, "Nintendo is bringing back the Wii, Nev- like you've never seen it before." Introducing Wii VR, and then show the VR headset, and then show some like mind blowing stuff, and then just cut the commercial like like <laughs> twenty seconds. And the saying. internet would break instantly at that point. Yeah. People trying to figure out, well, when's the pre-order date? What? Uh, exactly. Yeah. It would sell out within seconds, guarantee. I'll put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I 
but the, you, I could see them doing a subscription for that, like with it being a, you know, Wi-Fi friendly headset as well. It's like, oh, well, you could have like 128 gig storage or you can have 256 gig storage and, you know, you download these games, which, you know, average between eight to 20 gigs type of deal and, you know, so sign up for our service and, yeah, you'll have to rebuy all your games again, but at least they'll be tied to that headset. And yeah, I, I, I could see them doing a subscription for that. It's like you could either buy the headset outright and then buy the games individually, like where the headset's like 400 or whatever, or you could buy like the bundle deal where it's like for the next two years for $600, you get the headset and access to their back catalog with the, the subscription being billed monthly type of thing for two years. So yeah, all you got to do is say VR Mario. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Can can you can y'all imagine? Hey, okay. Mario this, Kart this, Nine VR. There we go, baby. You took the words out of my mouth. Can no, you I imagine knew, I Mario? What you were say. Man, now <laughs> that I might be on board with. I won't lie to you guys. You know, you're gonna look up and I'll be streaming some Mario Kart VR going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like most parents are okay with their kids using VR and all that kind of stuff, but most of them are rated like 13 plus, right? Right. So, like, is that going to be a detriment for Nintendo to be like, okay, how can we do it knowing that we may not be able to get it, like, approved for kids, you know, usage, right? Um, Even though people buy it anyway, you know, and use it anyway. Parents will buy it and give it to them. I got my daughter a Quest 2, you know, it's 10. (laughs) Yeah. My son got one. He's 11. And I'm telling you, that first week, I'll walk past his room and he ain't there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <You know? laughs> like seriously, he walking around the house with thing on because it's a little camera in there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see through it, man. Yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> but I'm, I'm with you on this, Fuzzy. I think that whoever comes out with a true competitor to Oculus Quest, because Oculus Quest, the magic of that is you don't need a PC. You don't yeah. need mm-hmm. a, a console. It's a standalone experience, right? And if mm-hmm. Nintendo or Xbox or PlayStation, whoever eventually comes out with one of these where it's like you got all of your entertainment apps, you got your, like, you can imagine the Miiverse with the fucking VR. <laughs> okay, you remember oh, the, the Miiverse, you know? Like, okay, so it, it, it's kind of like they were already onto this, but they didn't have the tech at the time because the you know the yeah. Wiimotes, all that stuff you know it was kind of like this if they impl- implemented all that right i could see, perceive this because they could have it standalone you know and imagine how many this, times okay. would you get disconnected from online from playing <laughs> <laughs> that's true but what i'm if sorry you could, what if you could dock it <laughs> and and yeah. then you got like a traditional console hmm and see, that's that's the thing right there. And I, I think that's why Xbox is doing so well from PlayStation because they decided they wanted to do something outside the box. Yeah. And Nintendo always been kind of outside the box. Outside the box. So and that's that's why we run out and buy it. Let's be honest. You know, I, I still remember being in bed seeing the, um, the Nintendo Switch trailer pop up in the middle of the night for some damn reason. And um Man, I hate to have it. Like Nintendo, they just good at stuff like that. So for what you're saying, yeah, it, it, people will run out and buy it immediately because, like you said, 
some VR. You could do all type of stuff with it, bring it back old games or services. On top of you could docky, you know, yep. like mm-hmm. people will go nuts over that. This I, I I foresee this future of Nintendo fuzzy. Yeah, I think you've made a believer out of me. <laughs> your your prediction may come true. It just makes too much sense with the. I could. This seems so like so much fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about TV, but, watching movies and TV shows, hangouts, right? That's what VR is, is hangouts, you know, yeah. for, for all those kids. But the problem is they will still need to continue to drop some type of content for it. And Mario's not going to always cut it to me. Yeah. You know, like. I think they would be able to get third party more on board at that point. Like, I think they would have to. I think with PlayStation also doing the VR too. I think that might be a, a signal to a lot of these uh, third-party companies out there now to kind of start focusing on VR. Like maybe not your primary AAA games, but at least make something more than just like a you know a half hour or a couple hour experience type of deal. Make like a maybe it's a side story type of thing. So instead of it being like a full-on Call of Duty with campaign and multiplayer, just do like a smaller campaign that is you know ready to go for VR for something along those lines type of deal. But, yeah. Uh, mm, interesting. Yeah. And, and it comes with a subscription service. Yeah, <laughs> there exactly. you go. Let's not leave that out. <laughs> um, I, so switch, switching gears here, uh, I want to get on to our next thing. Um, a couple people have been keep mentioning this in the chat. Like we're not even on the topic yet, but like I see people come in here <laughs> and start talking about Days Gone. You know, like they're just antsy to, to get their their point across or their their thoughts. So hey, that's what we're gonna talk about now. Yeah. Um, Days Gone uh, was a huge, hugely marketed PlayStation release, right? One of their big exclusives for the year that it for the year that it released, which I believe was in uh, twenty nineteen. Yep. So uh, twenty nineteen, it came out in april um and it got just kind of okay reviews right um got mixed feedback a lot of gamers seem to like it right um it sold well but critically it kind of failed and and then it's like almost like playstation at the time started to almost want to distance themselves from the game in a way or they or not really it, they were too much trying to let it be known that it was a failure in a way um and this has been talked about a couple times i remember uh last year some comments made about this from the ex from the ex dev uh developer um his name is jeff ross and then we got some more comments yesterday um after praise of Ghost of Tsushima on um, by PlayStation after reaching eight million in sales, uh, Mr. Ross was like, "Hey, like, it's kind of disappointing to see that you know we didn't get any acknowledgement for eight million in sales, except we were just told that we were a big disappointment. Um, that was the feeling we've got after the game released, right? Um, so." The question is, being that the game, like, who who knows whatever the, the actual numbers are 
because there is some debate on that right now like how much of it was sales how much of it was given for free for playstation plus subscribers and how much of it's on steam playstation all that doesn't matter regardless one thing we can mostly agree on is that the game did sell fairly well especially for a console exclusive um what what is it with PlayStation in this in this situation? Like, does Jeff Ross, the, uh, the one of the developers, does he have a uh, a reason to be a little bit kind of annoyed, um, is speaking out against PlayStation a little bit? And uh, is this something that here here's what stood out to me? Okay, it seems like PlayStation cares more about the scores of their games with Metacritic. Then it does what the actual fans think about the games. Because this game, after it's hit PS5, it got updated. Again, it had a huge resurgence on there. Even after they gave it away for free with the PlayStation with the PlayStation Plus thingy. Um, people really like it. In fact, when I had my PS5, I dove into it and I was like, this is actually pretty good. I'm really liking this game. you know. And uh, I feel like maybe the PS4 was a little too... Uh, restrict like it, it was too big. It was too much for that system, right? I think a PS5 was brought it to life more. But regardless, like people seem to really like the game, okay? Yeah. And except for PlayStation, and I think it's only because of the 71 that's sitting there on this Metacritic. And I think they're, I think PlayStation got embarrassed that one of their big exclusives that they put all this marketing and everything behind. They took time on their on their presentations, you know, all this stuff. Got hit with a seventy-one, and uh, I think Jeff Ross is actually kind of onto something here with his comments. You know, um, do you think PlayStation cares more about the score, the Metacritic score, or do you, their fans' enjoyment of the games? I think the Metacritic at least from a public standpoint or PR standpoint, I think it does hold a, a decent amount of weight. They want their games to, you know, have this certain standard or, or um, emote this certain standard of quality and, and praise or, or acceptance as far as whether it be critical, you know, the critics that, that normally review games or even their, their fan base. But as far as their fan base, they're, I won't say that they're less concerned with how they look at it. It's just what what they can put on the box as far as, oh, if it's a game of the year candidate or if it's like an eight out of 10 or a nine out of 10, I think they're, that, that speaks more volumes to their overall brand, you know, appearance or the, the brand, um, you know, I guess reputation type of deal. Um, as far as people enjoying the game, I'm pretty sure they, they like that 8 million people played the game. Um, but I, I, something tells me there was a much higher expectation than probably was warranted given, like you said, the PS4 wasn't probably the best console for releasing that game. Like it may have been one, a, a better move to hold that game for the PS5, given the more stout hardware to, to run you know, 200 AI enemies chasing you at full speed uh, on screen without it, 
you know, crashing or, or having it where you fall through the map or making the, the motorcycle disappear or something. So it, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I feel bad for that team, especially all the work, blood, sweat, and tears that they put into that game for them to kind of get crapped on by upper management. Um, but yet everybody loved from the get-go, love goes to Shishima, which that was like my game of the year a couple of years ago. So I, I can see, you know, it. I wouldn't say it's sour grapes on, on Jeff's part, but it, it, it definitely seems like Sony didn't make uh, a, a good call per se. I won't say it's not even a good call. They, they probably could have set their expectations more reasonable given that this game was probably a bit more ambitious and it being a bigger release for this studio. Um, they, they probably should have kept expectations a little bit more in check, um, possibly giving it more time for polish to make sure, you know, some of that, those criticisms that got it down to like a 71 were for some of the bugs where you were falling through the map or, you know, you're riding an invisible motorcycle or things crashing as far as when you're being chased by all the, uh, the zombies and stuff like that. So I don't know. They, they didn't do themselves any favors in that regard, as far as Sony as a whole, but they've kind of had that situation with other games like drive club kind of ran through the same thing, although they wound up eventually closing that studio. Um, they had that indie, um, that was like a timed exclusive with No Man's Sky that they kind of distanced themselves from as well when things didn't quite go as uh, originally planned type of deal. But um, yeah, it Metacritic probably too high on the evaluation list for upper management at PlayStation, especially on a, a, a new IP because that you're already fighting an uphill battle on a new IP no matter you know who's making it type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, mm-hmm. man. Uh, just for the record, is so if you Google like Halo Infinite sales at the top, like it's on Google search, it does say 81 million, but that's just like referring to articles that were written about Halo's lifetime sales. Um, just for clarification in the chat. So, Lifetime, the Halo franchise as a whole has sold over 81 million. Before Halo Infinite's release, if Halo Infinite sold 80 million copies, that would be like the craziest, biggest, most insane gaming news ever. Uh, that will that will be up there with the. There's been nothing. Nothing's ever had that. Yeah. Even close to it. That soon after that launch. Fast. Yeah. 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 It's I like, mean, it took, it, took, it took GTA some time to get to where they are. Yeah. Like, no, no, three generations. Yeah. GTA 5 now, there's like a 300 something million or something. 345 million. It's crazy. You know? Um, yep. But as far as like Halo goes, the, the lifetime of the franchise is 80 million, which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is really good for a console. Something that's always usually been a console exclusive. But like, if you put in okay, so let's say that this game sold eight million, that puts it into perspective as well. That's really good for a console exclusive. Now it also did move to Steam and sold well on Steam. But like, they moved another million at least on Steam, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. I mean, the game continues to sell. 
mm-hmm. as well, right? It's thought of from fans as a good game. In fact, on Metacritic, it has an eight something from user score, um, as opposed to the seventy one from. So where I'm going with this is like, okay, I what I worry about with PlayStation is that this has mattered so much to them to actually cause issues with the dev devs where the, the devs never even found out how much the game sold, right? Um, it 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 matters so much to them with the devs about what the score was, you know, seeing it as a disappointment and all of these things that. They kind of ignored anything else, and are they only interested in making a certain type of game that can get a ninety plus on Metacritic? Like, because there's a lot of genres and a lot of different types of games that people like to play that maybe aren't going to be the critical darlings. And if you're only reserving your budget for specific things just to hit that ninety, just to have bragging rights about that and to sell the prestige of your brand then maybe you're losing sight of what people actually want to do is just play games. Right. You know, like, this doesn't mean that they need to abandon making great blockbuster single player games like that at all. But to call a game like that, that's been really successful, like a disappointment or to make the devs feel like it was, you know, um, I think they deserved a, a sequel. You know, I think it, I think it. Uh, I think people would like that, you know. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, man. Uh, Xbox. This is this is one thing about Xbox. They don't have that problem. <laughs> that's for sure. Because they've had a lot of those in the past that have been in the seventies and stuff. And and maybe they they do be like, okay, yeah, it didn't really hit like we wanted to. But they don't like seemingly like make the devs feel like it was such a failure and like you know go on and and kind of abandon that game franchise now. In fact, they. They tend to stay with the franchise and make the next one better. Is kind of what they've done, um, and to support the game over time to make the game better. So um, I, I I kind of found it strange. I'm gonna read. Um, this is straight from Jeff Ross's Twitter. Okay, um, he says at the time I left Sony, Days Gone had been out for a year and a half, and sold over eight million copies. It's gone on to sell more and then a million plus on Steam. Local studio management always made us feel like it was a big disappointment. Is that that's kind of strange to me. Like I don't know. And maybe this is maybe it's just him and maybe he's insecure about the people or something that at the studios. You know, maybe he's uh, just a character. I don't know, man. A key does it does it where does this sit with you like does does this matter you think or hi oh hey bud. I'm, yeah my little one he always co- love coming in here here go get mommy bye <laughs> <laughs> bye but no here's my thing bye um, <laughs> bye so I, it's 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 so many different ways you could read into this, you know. Like you said, is he a character? You know, uh, is it bad blood? You know, did something really happen between right. the two? It's it's like it's only so much we know, you know. And um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of eye opening. Like I was trying to talk to my wife about this, like 
that's what she went to school for. She went to school for accounting and law. So I was like just asking her, you know, when a company do like some type of sale, selling a product or whatever, like what exactly are they looking for to get back besides some type of revenue? Um, she knows nothing about video games, so that didn't go well. But <laughs> the conversation was interesting because, you know, when we was talking, she was like, well, sometimes companies look to put out a product and then to continue making money off this name other ways. So Ghost of Chisima, if you think about it, if they would have came out with a costume for Halloween, people would have bought it because of the game and how popular it is, which means Sony would have got a kickback. Do that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Or, or stuff like that. So she was saying, you know, that could be perhaps the reason why um, in this particular situation happened. Because I'm like, eight million, that's still a lot. That's still a lot of people that play this game. Like, it's still, I think it's still pretty damn good. You know, rather it's Days Gone or Ghost of Tsushima. It's like, man, eight million in like a year and a half window, two years max. That's, that's pretty good, I think. But again, we're not at the table. We don't know how much money they need to back to, you know, cover the expenses plus revenues. And we just don't know. But I was more so disappointed at reading this article because I, I let me pull it up because I have looked up other games, right? Other games that have so fairly decent or just a crazy amount they first run around. And the second run around, they did okay, or reviews wasn't the best or whatnot, but yet still looking to make a third game or so, you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the games I pulled up, of course, and this is my own personal thing right here. I pulled up Red Dead Redemption. Everybody loved Red Dead Redemption 1. Oh, Everybody yeah. loved it. Everybody loved it. Red Dead dropped. A lot of people loved it. But some people still had certain issues. We talked about this before. Like, I bought it day one. I streamed it, and I didn't go back to it because I just couldn't get off into it. Like, it just felt off and weird. Mm-hmm. But Red Dead still sold a crazy amount. Red Dead 1, according to Google, I don't know if this is accurate or not, Red Dead Redemption sold freaking 60 million units. 60 million. Yeah. I love that. That was, like, my game of the generation on the 360. And it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was it's crazy, but I was trying to find something off of Red Dead Two, and I could not find it, which is odd. But they was talking about like when it first came out, like that first year, so like 17 million copies and and all this other stuff. I couldn't find an accurate number, but this is what I wanted to go off of, just showing an example, because. The name Red Dead had to start from somewhere. And like you said, that was just your generate. That was the game of the generation or whatnot. What's cookies? (laughs) Sorry about that, you guys. (laughs) He's talking about some cookies. (laughs) So it's like. So it's mostly right right now, it's hit uh, 39 million is the last number. 39 million. I have as as of. November of 2021. So is that considered a fail then? You know? No. Like it, definitely it, not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's it's stuff like that. You just want to, you know, like 
come on now, like eight million on this one game, but eight million on this other game, like that doesn't mean doesn't deserve a sequel, you know, a, a part two, part three, or a series. Like it has so much potential. Like Days Gone has so much potential. I picked it up day one, of course. I played it. Couldn't continue it because it was on the PS4. I hate the PS4 fan. A lot of games I didn't play because of how loud the PS4 is. But the moment I did play, I enjoyed it. Yeah, they downgraded a little bit from when they first showed their E3 to the actual game, but I don't think it's as bad as what Sony, quote-unquote, Sony make it seem like. Again, it could just be bad blood between the two. It could be a you know a chip on somebody's shoulder or you know they they part ways on bad terms who knows who knows but ghost of Tsushima it did get great scores people talked about it people loved it I've been seeing people get tattoos all type of stuff plus we need to also remember remember ghost of Tsushima they released their game twice to get to eight million like and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, eventually you got to come to PC, right? So that will be three times this game will have to release. If you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's kind of where this devs come from. Because as far as he was concerned, it's like, okay, Ghost of Tsushima is getting all this praise and everything. And the only difference is the Metacritic. Really. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's as like, far as but reviewers, like, that's this. And that's where I'm like, this. Does PlayStation care too much about like I, I understand Meta matters right to the, because you you're pushing a brand you're pushing reviews and it's gonna you know people are gonna say oh that game's scored well uh, that that's another win for PlayStation and all, all this kind of stuff right and it, but ultimately if people enjoy it and it's successful then does Meta really matter you know and that's the and that's the thing that's what I was saying earlier, like, I guess it's all about how can they make more money off of this game? Cause now I'm thinking it's more of a money thing, you know, to me, I think it's more of a money thing. Like I say it goes to Tsushima. They drop a part two, you know, there's already rumors out there that there's another one, you know, sucker punches somewhat starting to writing or something about it. I don't know, but I'd have seen rumors over the past week that there are already pursuing to make a part two mm-hmm. but again that goes back to like you said what is considered a successful game like metacritics or how many copies they sell or how much money you can make off this product off other products you know on cereal boxes or whatever like i don't know but overall i feel like especially since days gone had um came back around on pc i think it's beginning to see a lot more love yeah. than he did when it first came out you know and that right there i think is definitely worth looking into a potential part two or maybe a dlc or something like i never beat the game so i don't know how andy i don't know if everybody died yeah, supposedly that i don't know cliffhanger or something at the end yeah mm-hmm. so it's like if the potential is there and people talking about it and people enjoying it or people rebought it on on steam it's like why not look into it now i don't know if they will now because of the bad blood between the two <laughs> yeah but, and plus plus if i'm not mistaken um uh what, what's, what's what's his name again Jeff um Ross. yes yeah if i'm not mistaken he was already um he's already dipping his toe in another game correct if i'm not mistaken 
Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to do some more research on that. But yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I that's what I came across um, a couple of days ago. Like he's already in the process of making something else. But still, that just it's just messed up because again, the reason I brought a red day is like what is considered a failure and what is considered successful. You know, like it's messed up because it's just not about these two games. It's about all games and why you don't see a part two or you don't see a part three or why you don't see a DLC or whatever the case might be. Cause sometimes these companies do be like, you sold 10 million copies. You was a million short. So we just going to kill the dream right here. Thanks, but no thanks. And it's like, you know, though the fans love it or it's getting good reviews again or whatever the case might be, you know, it's like, yeah, that's the thing with Days Gone. It's like the fans like it, yeah, and it and it sold well. So yeah, I, I if, tell that, you if what. that isn't the two most ultimate like ways of having success, I don't know what is right. And, and that's that's the yeah. thing right there because one got you know one made more noise than the other. That doesn't mean one failed. You know, I mean, right? Like, and that comes from the disappointment of the Metacritic, right? And the and right. the, the negativity at the time because of the reviews. Oh, it's not doing well. And th- this is like a bandwagon thing, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody puts that out. They're like, oh, this is like a PlayStation doesn't know what they're doing right now. This is a bad game that PlayStation put out. Blah, 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 blah. And, and they kind of, the next reviewer is like, okay, I'm going to review it the same. Now, I, I will say that performance-wise, a lot of the issues I heard about the first one was frame rate and stuff like that really kind of mm-hmm. killed the game. But, like, playing on PS5, I mean, it's freaking solid game and that's i've watched a lot of people playing it and they talk about how much they enjoy it too um fuzzy do you think that like is is it like a mindset of like prestige that like playstation feels like their tentpole games have to score like 85 plus or what is it actually it goes to shima got like 83 i think 84 even though that that game deserves way higher uh my opinion i think days gone deserves way higher too than it got but um what is their I, I, idea of success you know yeah i i think there is a, a level of prestige that they have as far as expectations and it, it's funny i think shizno uh said it in the chat earlier it's like if sony had the same mentality early on of like the playstation 2 and 3 and stuff would we have an uncharted 4 would we even have an uncharted series like uncharted 1 didn't do yeah well we have an uncharted great. movie yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like they gave that game, you know, the breath to to you know try again, work on some of the uh, areas of criticism, and it made for a much better game in Uncharted Two. So I, I I don't know. I sometimes Sony seems like they're the geniuses when it comes to some of the games that they release and stuff, and then so other times it just seems like why did you guys kill that franchise? It, it seemed like there's a demand for it or there's a fan base that is willing to give you money. And if that's what we're in business for, and you, you want to at least cater to that that customer line. That's um, why I was talking about Fuzzy like earlier. Like maybe they are looking to make money versus, yeah. you know, like, we don't want to just make money off of the video game now. We want to make money off the name. And Uncharted right there is a great example. You know, yeah. how can we take Uncharted, the video game, and continue making money off of this name? 
Let's drop a movie. They did the same thing with The Last of Us. How can we continue making money off the name The Last of Us? Let's make an HBO series, you know? <laughs> and and, and like I said, now there's rumor, you know, ghosts coming out with a part two, you know? I don't, who knows? We might see a series on that. If The Last of Us do well, they might want to branch off and make a ghost um, series. So, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But go ahead, Fuzzy. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. You're, you're right on point when it comes to like they can they definitely want to monetize their IPs as best they can. And and Sony is that entertainment business where they they can do music, they can do movies, they can do video games. And if they can branch off into all of those avenues with their IPs, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to try to capitalize as best they can. But it just seems like <laughs> It's almost like I, I know there's a few uh, fans out there as far as in gaming that are, you know, a bit worn when it comes to zombie games or they, they've grown a bit tired of zombie games. But yeah, there, there's still a lot mm-hmm. of us that still enjoy just shooting zombies or, or, or fighting zombies or running away from zombies or anything along those lines. Like there is a bit of fatigue at times and maybe those that, you know, make the decisions also have that similar fatigue. Cause it, it, it just seems like old Sony would have at least given them a chance to redeem themselves and say, okay, well, the biggest criticism was your launch. We could have done some things to kind of, you know, fix that. Maybe the hardware wasn't the right match. Now we have the hardware and it, this game is running fine. Um, build from that. Build on, you know, having maybe more of a narrowed focus on the world itself. So you don't have to do as much exploring or scavenging and things like that. And, you know, have more of those set pieces with the, the zombie or the freakers, I should say, chasing you and things like that. And I think a day's gone too at that point is a game that probably sells 8 million in the first four weeks type of deal um, and goes on to sell 10 million plus, but we won't know for price quite some time, probably not until like a PS six, if they even bother to, to retain that IP and, and try to revive it type of thing. But um, you know, I, I look at some other games, although yes, they probably cost a lot less to make. One of them wasn't a, a first party studio at the time. And they made it like returnal. I think, it only sold 600,000 on opening month or so. And yeah. so far, I think sales are less than two mil, but that's considered a great success. I mean, it's a great game and all, but it's, it's also one of those things where the barometer, I guess, changes based on how much they spent on the studio making the game. But, you know, 8 million should have been enough, even if it's not full on sales because of the, you know, PS plus and whatnot. According to Google, they were saying Returnal. Um, actually, this ain't Google. This being what the hell I'm doing on here. I need to go to Google. <laughs> I get the hell. You According to Bing, <laughs> right? Let me get them points. They were saying um, Returnal as of July 18th, mm-hmm. which this is not updated, but July 18th. We was looking at over five hundred and sixty thousand copies sold of Returnal. And it yeah. reviewed well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, and I'm pretty sure like we're going to see a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we go. We're going to probably see two more Returnals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even Ratchet and Clank. You know, they was saying, um, according to this, you know, one point one million copies, um, as of June eleventh. 
So yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird, man. It's with PlayStation, it's weird. So then, then part of me is like, is this all just coming from the dev? Right. You know, it, maybe it wasn't like just the way he felt. You know, maybe there was some internal meetings where like so we're talking about that it didn't review well, and he's just like too much in his head. You know, and he just mm-hmm. like goes to work every day in a bad mood because his game didn't review well, and he's like thinking about it all the time, and it kind of ruins his time there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what happened. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, but like it seems like he's a little bitter, right? I mean, to yeah. to to go and make this tweet after uh, and quote tweet. I think it was somebody praising Ghost of Tsushima's eight million in sales. He goes on to make this quote tweet about feeling like, yeah, uh, we were a disappointment. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so obviously he's he's a little bitter, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't do something like that former employers and stuff, you know, like, uh, yeah, willy nilly, you know, um, but this topic has kind of come up before, it has. um, where, where it was when we heard first heard that there wasn't going to be a, uh, days gone Two, they pitched mm-hmm. it and they were like, Nope, yeah. you guys are going to work on a new IP. Oh, in the meantime, you're going to help, you know, Sony Santa Monica, or you're going to help, you know, um, uh, what do you call them that? work on their other games that they're working on now as opposed to being you know a first party you're you're kind of like a support studio in the meantime kind of thing so it's it it, it may just be that he's since he's no longer employed there he's willing to open up because you're not really going to open up too much on on social media if you're still collecting a paycheck and working and hoping yeah. to keep your your employment at that that uh that studio but um yeah it some sour grapes there, I'm pretty sure, but I'm with their smoke. There's usually fire. I'm I'm pretty sure there. It, it just seems like Ben Studios just kind of got the raw end of the deal, and yeah, I kind of chalk it up as like too high of an expectation for upper management or maybe Sony, you know, headquarters type of thing, because they're like, oh well, you know, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. That was a new IP and that did phenomenally well. And you know, Ghost of Tsushima, that was a new IP and that did phenomenally well. This did okay. We're not fine with okay. We're we're expecting exceptional, you know, eight out of ten, nine out of tens, you know, uh game of the year nominations and things along those lines. So it's like you got a you got a solid game. It just didn't meet the extra criteria to get you know, funded for a sequel. So it's like, ah, you guys will get a chance to try it again on a new IP. Just, you know, stick to the support role for, you know, these next couple of games that these <laughs> yeah. other okay. so, your, so your check, CEOs are making. So check this. According to Bing, let me make sure I say that because I don't know okay. what Google have. Um, <laughs> fuzzy. So Horizon, mm-hmm. 7.6 million copies worldwide. Okay. <laughs> and um, and actually this is this is look like this from the PlayStation blog, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, I clicked on it and it's spinning, so I don't know. Hopefully I don't get the virus. Oh, yep. So it's from the PlayStation blog <laughs> that um and see this was back in February of 18. So that's interesting. That that's 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 a nice amount if it's from February 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I might need to get off Bing. I need to go to Google, but my point is. 
I need to see how much they sold because now not only they're coming out with a part two, but now they get the VR because, yeah, you know, that was a surprise a few days ago when they announced the VR. So apparently this game had to sell well enough to the point where it's like, hey, let's make a VR game and a part two, (laughs) you know, and it's I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just crazy how they work. I'm I'm kind of with um with Mav here. It's like, is it bad blood? Is it jealousy? You know, like what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, do word of mouth sell games or do Metacritic sell games? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real question here. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. Yeah, man, that's the thing. We don't know what the actual sales numbers are. Because, like, supposedly, like, he says he stands by his numbers for his sales. He even made yeah, he did. Tweet. He didn't he make that tweet. <laughs> so I stand by but, what I said. I mean, when you say, like, Horizon Forbidden West only sold, like, 7.5, and he's saying claiming 8 when the time he left PlayStation, I don't know how accurate those are, those numbers. They're right. right. You know, like, just the math doesn't add up. No, regardless of say, it doesn't really matter. I mean, being that we're even close to that, I mean, it's still successful in my eyes. Like you see, like you said, Returnal was like, it's going to be a million maybe at some point yeah. here soon. Give or take. Right. So yeah. like success is in the eye of the beholder. I just question after this whole fiasco, what if the beholder in this case is right? And the, that mm-hmm. beholder is PlayStation, Right. Right. Um, and they hold the rights to the IP. They can do with it what they please. And I I think that maybe they met, made a mistake on this just based on people's critics' opinions. Because ultimately, that's all that meta is. Meta is flawed. It is heavily flawed. You have journalists piggybacking off of other people's opinions and, and on their own ideas. You have a lot of journalists uh, reviewing games and never even finished them. Um, you have... Games get reviewed uh, before they get updates and patches, and the games, like, a month later are way different than they were at launch. Now, is it fair to get Trump to be docked for that? Yes, but, like, that score stands there for the test of time. Whereas the game could be a different experience in in a week. You know what I mean? So, over time, I feel like Days Gone has proven to be a good, successful game that a lot of people really enjoy. And uh, I kind of I'm, I am with them on this that it seems like they've just because of this stupid seventy one on Metacritic, they've mm-hmm. PlayStation sees it as a failure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, man. I, I mean, I, I Meta just needs to fucking die. It <laughs> does. It is. It, it does. Like I'm People all for expressing your opinion, too. but good, that's the problem right there. You know, it's like. Where do these scores really coming from? Where where do you come? Let's be real. How many accounts do you need to make to freaking go on there? I can make 10 damn accounts on Metacritic and they, they go my 10 right there and just shit on every, you know, yeah. every game that, you know, it's like, come on, I'm with you. Like they need to get rid of Metacritic. So I'm all for it just to give your opinions and, you know, gamer wise, you know, one gamer to another, just give your opinion. But they, they take that way too far. They take that to a whole nother level. Yeah, I think even some of the dev teams' bonuses or 
pretty much tied to some of those scores. Yes. So it really yeah. sucks if it's to like, some, oh, you like, missed it by one point. To some kid's opinion that just got out of college and is just trying to make up the story for days gone and get clicks on an article. I mean, <laughs> that, that people's pay is justified based on that. Um, so here it was. So we have, I'm just going to go through some of the reviews, right? From the critics. Yep. We have an a hundred from some body I've never heard of called Daily Star. 96 from Cheat Code Central. 94 from Level Up. 90 mm-hmm. from PlayStation Official Magazine UK. 90 from PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, 90 from some place called Game Spew. We have a lot in the 80s. Like a lot of 87s, 85s, 84s, 80s. Um, Escapist gave it an 80. Um, let's see. Game Rant gave it an 80. Dual Shockers gave it an 80. They're very PlayStation heavy site. WCCF Tech gave it an 84. Worth Playing gave it an 85. So I'm seeing all these scores, right? But here's what here's what's going to kill it. Okay. Um, we're going to get into. A bunch of 70s, and we're going to get to 65 from IGN. That one stings. Yeah. That one stings, right? If you're PlayStation, that's embarrassing, right? Having IGN show up there with the 65. So then we go, like, who reviewed it? Um, Somebody that's probably Lucy not even o- anymore. Lucy O'Brien, right? Which I've heard of her. She does a lot of reviews yeah. and stuff. But it's just her opinion, right? Um no, nothing wrong. I'm not saying her opinion's wrong, right? But it's just her. It's just her opinion. Uh, Sixty from Destructoid, fifty-five from EGM. Ooh. That one stings. Forty-five from Game Critics, forty from VGC. Yeah. Now, who who plays Days Gone and gives it a forty? I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about that one. I, w- I want to read that one. I'm I'm more curious about why so low. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand when you have thirty like, game breaking bugs, and you're taking into account the playable state of it at that given moment. But it should be like kind of like an asterisk. Like, oh, as of you know this date, there isn't a day one patch, or there there is a day one patch in the works. Our current score based on the breaks, it's 40, but we will, you know, reevaluate at a later date or something like that. Yeah. Like I I, I kind of wish more games kind of got that that pass or that second review, although I understand given how time sensitive things can well, be well, we people having to go back is not always an option. It it you know, I, I can get that, but man. But just to throw out there, because you mentioned bugs, just throw out there cyberpunk. <laughs> at a nine out of ten on IGN. Yeah, with all of its bugs. This, this all place, its bugs, baby. This one article from some some place called Slant Magazine gave it a thirty, and it's weighted mm. on the Metacritic. Wow. So, I'm just saying, like, okay, what makes this person's opinion this thirty? different from this other person's opinion they gave it a hundred yeah it's just an opinion right and it seems like at times when negativity starts kind of permeating about a game you kind of 
sense that a lot of the reviewers could kind of get skewed that way. And then they come out with these crazy low scores. Like a 3 out of 10, that game better be like borderline unplayable, broken, messed up, janky-ass mess, right? (laughs) And... But it's weighted here in their Metacritic, you know, in the 71. I, I'm just saying, like, the meta is very objective, objective, and it shouldn't be used to judge from a perspective from publishers themselves the success of a game. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying that 100% that they did, but it really feels that way because the other metrics of success, they really hit the check mark on. Sales and gamer feedback. So, anyway, just found that really interesting. Um, thank you for bringing that up because I was like, "Hey, what else do we want to talk about?" And you brought that up, Key. So, um, yeah, it's it just crazy how that kind of escalated over the past week. Honestly, like. Man, it's just, it's sad because it just really makes you sit down and wonder why your favorite game did not get, you know, some type of remake or remaster or Splinter Cell. This and it, and it comes Splinter Cell. Slant Magazine dude that just had an opinion and gave it a 30. You know what I mean? Like, and, and people like yeah. that. That's why it may not get a sequel. Because if those 40s and those 30s and those couple 50s were gone, you have a lot of 80s, a lot of 90s. You know, um, a lot of people really liked it. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, but we would never know. Honestly, we would never know. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Um, shout out to Army Veteran. Thank you for the five dollars super chat. Appreciate you very much, sir. Says, what's up, Mav and panel? Mav, one day we need to go to Poor Richards. Yeah, we do. That's a breakfast place near us. Uh, he lives by me, so. Hey, I'll use that $5 and buy you a drink, sir. Um, <laughs> hey, you appreciate it, Army Vet. Um, but hey, guys, this has been a blast. Fuzzy, you got shot podcast coming up here. Um, so why why don't we go ahead and get on out of here and tell people where they can find you tonight and also, um, what is it on? No, thir- Wednesdays. Wednesdays? Thursdays. Uh, well, Mondays and Fridays. Fridays, like, um, Fridays. <laughs> well, it, it's been awesome talking with you guys and catching up with you guys again. Uh, it was awesome to have the holiday break and everything with family and, and friends and whatnot. And it's great to be back here talking, you know, our, our favorite hobby of gaming and stuff like that. Um, for anybody interested in you know, my ramblings on, on social media, you can follow me at Twitter at fuzzy underscore Belvedere, Xbox live, fuzzy space Belvedere, PSN fuzzy underscore Belvedere. Um, you can also catch me uh, later tonight on the shop podcast with PTK Blam, Pong Soul and Centurion 1307 at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on PTK Blam's channel. Uh, you can also uh, find me sometimes on Mondays with Mav on Fun Speculations channel uh, here doing tidbits, going over the, the game releases of the week. And now, as of officially yesterday, you can also find me on Fridays on the uh, Breakfast with Boom with uh, Mr. Boomstick, 
uh, also with uh, Dreadpool and Crispy Bomb, and on occasion, uh, BitCloud Gaming, uh, just discussing the, the weekend news on, on gaming, you know, just before the weekend, before everybody gets on their console. And definitely looking forward to next Saturday at 6 p.m. with you guys here again. Man, gaming's getting even more awesome, more than what I expected for this year. And we're only a couple of, couple of days in. So, man, great yeah, being man. here. <laughs> uh 100 dude um appreciate you as always fuzzy thanks for being here dude and key i know you're gonna be uh probably munching on some cookies with the kid there shortly uh where else can we find you sir um of course you guys can find me here every saturday doing what we do best just kicking back talking games you know so always go find me here if not i'm on my channel um just key you know, I've, I've been slacking a little bit. Work been kicking my butt and just got an email two days ago. Look like it's about to kick my butt for another month or 45 days. <laughs> but, yeah, got to love it. But uh, for the most part, you guys can find me over there on my YouTube channel or, you know, come over to um, Twitter, talk to me on, on Gaming Key. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm making a lot of changes. And hopefully, hopefully tonight, just to throw it out there tonight, you know, we're starting off the year right. A lot of games coming out. I have a vision and idea of what I want to do um, as far as the channel. But first, I need to play games and beat them before I give my fully opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, right now, um, I'm going back to play games that I never played, always had, um, or just trying to complete games before the newer ones come out. And right now, I decided to play um, Horizon Zero Dawn, actually, for the first time. I bought it. Nice. Never played it. You know, we got like 45, 40 days before the new one come out for Bitten West. So I want to complete this. So I'll be streaming it. And, um, you know, I already completed Dying Light, so I don't need to go back and play Dying Light. But if I had time, I might go back and stream it as well. But... Mm -hmm. You know, it's just something I want to start doing because I want to give more of my opinion. And again, I need to complete these games in order to give my full, my full opinion. You know, and not twenty minutes an hour or yeah. so. So, but yeah, that's where you guys can find me. So, if you're around later on tonight, you see me streaming, come jump in, say hi, let's talk some more games. You know. Heck yeah, dude. Um, oh, and Fuzzy, awesome. yes. Congratulations, by the way. Thank Congratulations. You, thank you. I don't know who's worse, you or Pong, with, you know, every day y'all on two or three different shows. Mav, you need to step your game up because these these guys are beating you right now. <laughs> you got to get on some more Mav's shows, man. He's got the whole network. He's He's got pretty much a, a network of shows daily. That is yeah. awesome, man. I, yeah, every, every day, every day, it's like turn on TV and I could, I could catch Mav on here, so I... You get you get my respect on that one. <laughs> the network is the is the idea behind fun speculation. I, uh, you know, we'll see it grow over time. We'll see what happens, you know. But um, appreciate you guys being a part of it um, every, every week here on this show and bringing that those different takes too. Uh, love love the conversations and everybody in the chat. You guys rock as well. Thank you for being here. Um, first one back in 2022. Um, We'll be back again next week and the week after. And remember, you can check this out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all those things. Uh, if you want to have it in the car while you're on your commute or whatever, and don't forget to hit, uh, don't forget to hit the like button, share, 
subscribe to the channel and hey if you have a chance to leave a review on one of the listening platforms as well like uh spotify it helps they have reviews now you can little hit the little thumbs up button there um apple Podcasts also um but yeah guys appreciate you all and until next week we'll see you again bye-bye later later Thank you.